From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for another hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Later in our show, we're going to delve into the checkered past of this week's VIP. Our very important puzzler is an international sensation. He's a player of chess. Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. Clearly, this guy has all the right moves, just like this week's musical guest, Julian Villard. Hello. Hello, welcome. Should we get the games rolling? Let's do it. All right. We have our first two contestants, Olivia Bumgardner and Luke Rattray, standing right before me. Olivia, you were once in a wedding band, I understand. What kind of stuff did you play? Very, very terrible things. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it to the stage. Luke, what is, uh, do you have a favorite music genre? I would say uh, old soul music. Nice. Oh, it's on. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Julian's helping out in this game that we call Who's That Girl? Julian, what is the game? Uh, this is how the game works. I'm going to play some popular songs that have women's names in the title, but with a twist. We've substituted their names with men's names. All you have to do is ring in and tell us what the real title of the song is. After each song, Ophira will ask a follow-up question that either of you can ring in for. The winner of this round moves on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. I'm about to drop it right now. <laughs> I met him in the club down in Old Soho Where you drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola C-O-L-A cola He walked up to me and he asked me to dance I asked him his name and in the dark brown voice he said Gary G-A-R-Y, Gary Good, 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 Gary Luke That would be Lola Lola is correct <laughs> Yes Perry Farrell named his alternative music festival Lollapalooza after hearing the word in a Three Stooges film and the word has a lot of meanings including an extraordinary thing but not surprisingly it also refers to a giant What? Olivia. Concert? A giant concert, that's a good idea. Yeah, it is, it is, that is exactly what it refers to. Uh, but it's something else, actually. Can you steal, Luke, a giant something I else? don't know. Don't know. All right, let me see if anyone out there knows. Lollipop. Lollipop. One lollipop is all we need. That is correct. And now I know Spanish Harlem are not just pretty words to say thought I knew But now I know that rose trees never grow in New York City While Justin Bieber's and Mad Hatter's sons of bankers, sons of lawyers turn around and say good morning to the night Come on, guys. Olivia. Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez. <laughs> Luke? Man, I was going to go with Sarah Palin, but Sarah no. Palin. <laughs> no dice. Okay, <laughs> clearly they don't know this song. Anyone out there? Yeah. Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's Elton John song. <laughs> All right, well, maybe you'll know this. In 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre, and it would go missing for two years. 
What famous artist was briefly suspected of stealing the painting and was actually brought in for questioning by the police? Luke. Salvador Dali. You know what? That's a good guess. It's incorrect, but it is a good guess. Yes, Olivia. Um, <laughs> Monet? Uh, if I said Guernica, would you say anything back to me? Picasso. There you go, Pablo Picasso. No, sorry. No. That's okay. See, we all learned something. Moving on the floor now, baby, you're a bird of paradise. Cherry ice cream smile. Well, I suppose it's very nice. With a step to your left and a flick to your right, you catch the mirror way out west. You know you're something special and you look like you're the best. Her name is Ezra, and he dances on the sand. <laughs> Just like that river twisting through a dusty land. Olivia is jumping up and down. She knows this answer. Olivia. Rio. Rio is correct. <laughs> I remember listening to that while roller skating. <laughs> In 1962, a teenage girl named Heloisa Pinto would walk every day to the beach in Rio de Janeiro, passing by two songwriters sitting in a local cafe. She inspired them to write what classic bossa nova song, which won the Grammy for Record of the Year in 1965. Yes! Olivia! (laughs) Sorry, uh, Girl from Ipanema. Girl from Ipanema is correct. All I want to do when I wake up in the morning is see your eyes Dimitri, Dimitri I never thought that a guy like you could ever care for me Dimitri Luke! Joanna That's heartbreaking Oh, I'm so sorry I, I, want, I want Toto to rewrite this song just for you, Luke. <laughs> Olivia, can you steal? Rosanna. Rosanna is correct. <laughs> I know you knew it. I know you knew it. Although he didn't write the song, Toto's keyboard player should get some credit as he was dating what famous actress at the time? Olivia. Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette is correct. A close game. Olivia, you are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round coming in the show. Thank you so much. Luke, you were fantastic. Thank you. Julian, I was wondering if maybe you could play a little something uh, for me. Uh, I will play something for you right now, Afira. Um, in the uh, grand tradition of Ask Me Another gender bending, uh, I would like to sing a song that is normally sung by a woman. You think I'm pretty without any makeup on You think I'm funny when I tell the punchline wrong I know you get me, so I let my walls come down Down, let's go up the way tonight No regrets, just love We can dance until we die You and I 
will be young forever. You make me feel like I'm living the teenage dream. The way you turn me on, I can't sleep. Let's run away and don't ever look back. Don't ever look back. My heart stops when you look at me. Just one touch. Now, baby, I believe this is real. Let's run away and don't ever look back. Don't ever look back. Julian Villard. Thank you. On our stage right now, we have Adam Herbst and Andy Cohen ready for our next game. Andy, I hear that you are an aspiring hypnotist. Uh, stage hypnotist, yes. I got training last month in Las Vegas. I feel sleepy right now. <laughs> Strange. Adam, I love that your least favorite word is iconic. This is true. It's not used well. Well, this is going to be certainly a historic Singularly impressive, maybe even famous trivia match to come right now. <laughs> this game is called War. Oi! What's it good for? Because, <laughs> you know, war is bad. Fire good, war bad. We all know that, but sometimes good things come from bad situations. So we're going to ask you about products and inventions that were created while trying to build something war-related. But instead, something beautiful happened. For example... The game Hopscotch is believed to have been used as a physical training program for Roman soldiers in far-off lands, just like patty cake was supposedly an ancient martial art for fighting. That is a lie. That is not ha- that is impossible. As always, the contestant who gets the most right moves on to our final round at the end of the show. While trying to stabilize sensitive Navy equipment during rough seas in World War II, Richard James noticed that his metal springs fell down the stairs making a toy that's fun for a girl or a boy. That would be the Slinky. Andy, Slinky is correct. All that thing did was fall downstairs. That's all it did, right? You can't sell that now. It's fun. (laughs) Even I agree. This invention was deemed absurdly expensive until there was a need to guide nuclear-armed submarines during the Cold War. Now it saves men from having to ask for directions. Adam. GPS. GPS is correct. In 1942, Harry Coover tried making a superior rifle scope out of a heat-resistant plastic polymers. He discovered an acrylic resin that would stick to everything it touched. During the Vietnam War, it was used to temporarily stop the bleeding of wounded soldiers. What's the name of this insanely useful product? Adam. Crazy glue? Crazy glue is correct. (laughs) Meaning, come, come in Tagalog, this toy is believed to have originated as a weapon in the Philippines. Andy. Yo-yo. Yo-yo is correct. (laughs) The U.S. Defense Agency DARPA hired the Stanford Research Institute team to create an artificial intelligence system that could help the military run a platoon of soldiers. Now, Samuel Jackson tells it to remind him to put the gazpacho on ice. Andy? Siri. That is correct. Andy, you did it. You won this round of Ask Me Another. Well done. 
So thank you. Andy, you'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. After the break, find out the answer to this question. The King's Indian, the Roy Lopez, and the fried liver are three famous ways to do what? Give you a minute to work it out. Plus, coming up on Ask Me Another, our VIP, that's a very important puzzler, is chess grandmaster Maurice Ashley. Listening to Ask Me Another, I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and exactly one minute ago, I mentioned that the King's Indian, the Roy Lopez, and the Fried Liver are famous ways to do what? For the answer, let's turn to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. Welcome, John. Hi, Ophira. Hello, everyone. The King's Indian, the Roy Lopez, and the Fegatello, or Fried Liver, are all well-known chess openings. Oh, yeah. the way you open a chess game. Yeah. Very smart. Good way to close a first date, too, the fried <laughs> liver. You don't want to do that. All right, ready or not, we have our next two contestants. We have Liz Cash Stropple and Barry Trot settling behind their puzzle podiums. Welcome to both of you. Liz, do you have a favorite cartoon character? Let's see. I think Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. That's yes. a good one, yes. How about you? Barry? I'm going to go Wallace and Gromit, if I can <gasps> do two. Sure, Wallace and Gromit. I know, delightful. Yeah, and, the, and they drink a lot of tea. It's of just course. lovely. Okay. Cheese. And cheese, that's right. Our next game is called Character Voices. John, are you hearing voices again? Is that what's I, going I seem on? to be hearing voices again, I'm afraid so. You see, the uh, way some notable characters speak, it's easy to misinterpret what they mean. For example, if Count Dracula said he wanted to get some vipers for his car, he doesn't mean poisonous snakes but rather things to clear the rain off his windshield. <laughs> now, in this game, we're going to ask you about words that could be misunderstood based on some famous accents. For example, if Dracula said, I want a glass of this, meaning a, a grape beverage, not what grapes grow on, the answer we're looking for is wine, which he would pronounce vine. Got it? Got it. Good. Got Contestants, buzz in and give us both words if you can. Here we go. If Sylvester the Cat describes the Titanic this way, he means it's incredibly safe, not too horrendous to contemplate. It's unthinkable. Unthinkable is right, Liz. Liz, well done. If Elmer Fudd says he's a weary big fan of this, he means an early, early Tom Cruise movie. Not the industry that Seagram's is in. Oh, Liz? Whiskey business. Whiskey business is right. Very good, Liz. That one was wealth. <laughs> if a cockney describes his buddy like this, he means his buddy can't hurt you. Not that he looks like the Venus de Milo. Barry? He's armless. Armless is right. I like to think my cockney was at least as good at Dick Van Dyke's and Mary Poppins, don't you? Thank you. <laughs> If Star Trek Ensign Chekhov says he'd very much like this to go with his vodka, he wants to eat the meat of a calf, not a giant round piece of cheese. Wheel. Yes, Liz. Wheel or veal is right. 
Your Russian Star Trek is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if a uh, porky pig says he saw one of these in the woods, uh, he means a kind of critter, uh, not a caterpillar's construct a, a, a sleeping bag. Barry? Cocoon? Cocoon is right. <laughs> Cocoon or coon. If someone from Boston says he started avoiding these on his diet, he's having hardly any what, as opposed to ears of corn. Liz? Cabs. Cabs is right. Then the Swedish chef says, Yompinimini, my favorite desserts are all this. He's referring to the main ingredient, not the color. I sure do like that Bill Cosby. <laughs> Barry? Pudding? <laughs> no, not pudding. <laughs> so that was a very good guess. Good that guess, was a very yeah. good guess. Yes, Liz? Black? No. <laughs> does, it, does anybody else out there know? Yellow, yes. The Swedish chef likes the yellow. Yeah, Liz. Well done. You have uh, won this round, and you are moving on to our final showdown at the end of the program. Well done, Barry. Thank you guys so much. Are you attracted to trivia nerds, crazy for quiz geeks? Then join us as a contestant on the Ask Me Another stage. Just send us an email to askmeanother at npr.org or find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another, and we'll send you a little quiz to see if you can take the heat of the puzzle hot seats. Let's bring up our next two victims. They are right here. We have Blake Olmsted and Mark Kujowski. Welcome to the Ask Me Another stage. Blake, I love that your big hobby is astronomy. That yes. is amazing to me, and it's because your grandfather built satellites? Yeah, he, he worked for uh, TRW for a long time and then sort of gave me the introduction into astronomy that I've carried through to, to you know, the starless skies of New York. Oh, <laughs> that's right. And, Mark, you're from such a big trivia family that they actually banned Trivial Pursuit in your house? That is true, yes. Um, it's a bad incident. We can't talk about it, but... Uh, <laughs> A trivia a, mishap? Yes. I understand. Yeah. Okay, yellow well, pie, it was bad. There was a yellow pie involved, I <laughs> yes, understand. Yes, uh, well, our next game is called Crisp Game Arenas. And now, I've learned something. That's when the title of the game doesn't make any sense. It's because we're talking about anagrams. That's right. In this case, Crisp Game Arenas is what you get when you rearrange the letters to make recipe anagrams. You both are smiling, which means that you're ready. So, contestants, in this game, you have to identify the culinary dish based on its anagram. As a hint, we'll give you a list of its main ingredients. For example, if we said ski trip secretaries made of marshmallows, rice cereal, and butter, you would say, oh, of course, Rice Krispies treats. Good luck. You're going to need it. (laughs) Nasal comics. Made with clams, lemon juice, breadcrumbs, and bacon. Mark. Clams Casino? That is correct. A conceited truffle made with flat pasta, Parmesan cheese, and butter. Flat pasta, Parmesan cheese. Blake. Fettuccine Alfredo. Yes, indeed it is. 
very gratifying coming up with these answers, isn't it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, it feels, feels intense. Ahem, I lack a knit sack made with chicken, tomatoes, and yogurt. Mark. Chicken tiki marsala? I say we take it, yeah, yes. Yeah, I say we're going to take it. Chicken tikka yeah. marsala. This is one of my favorite phrases. Senile zit wrench. I hate it when your zit wrench gets old. <laughs> Made with veal, lard, and breadcrumbs. Mark. Liver and onions? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, like, it's an idea, yeah. It's not bratwurst. Not bratwurst, no. but you're, you're traveling in the right direction. It's Wiener Schnitzel. Oh. Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel. No, no neck crucible. Made with chicken breast, ham, and Swiss cheese. Mark. Chicken uh, cordon bleu? Chicken cordon yes. bleu is correct. Benign elf towel. <laughs> Beef tenderloin, mushrooms, and puff pastry. Oh. Mark. I'm, I, I can picture it. Um, it's my mother Just made it last it Christmas. <laughs> She's going to kill me. Blake wants uh, you to give him all the details. <laughs> How about if I told you that uh, this dish defeated Napoleon? Or is a uh, city in New Zealand? What, beep? Beef Wellington. Beef Wellington. Congratulations, Mark. You are going to be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Thank you again to Blake. Julian, would you like to play us a tune? Can I play a song that I wrote? Oh, that would be incredible. All right, well, I'm going to do that. The song's called Love Again for the First Time. Working now, getting fit. Pretty soon I'm gonna quit Smoking's bad for my hair Got a car, got some clothes DVDs from HBO All I need for myself What's gonna happen when It feels like love again For the first time, for the first time I made my way back down the long line, such a long line And it feels like love again for the first time, for the first time in a while Julian Villars Let's welcome our next two contestants, Aidan Goteron and Kiki Turner, to the stage. Aidan, you play in a band called Dino's House Party. Why did you name the band that? It's the name of a bar that all the uh, bartenders were Russian women wearing bikinis. Oh, what a delightful place. <laughs> Kiki, I hear you're a fan of celebrity gossip. I am a fan of celebrity gossip. <laughs> well, <laughs> Do you have a favorite person to follow? No, I like just to find out secrets from gossip forums. Ooh. Yeah. I'll, I'll mine you for details later. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right, Julian, what are we going to put these two through? All right. Before the dawn of Xbox, a jack-in-the-box provided hours of mind-numbing entertainment. You wound the lever, 
and your reward for 10 seconds of manual labor was seeing a plastic clown jump out of the box to the sounds of Pop Goes the Weasel. Well, we've decided to spice it up by replacing the clown with things that sound like the word weasel. I'll play the song, and you tell me who or what is about to pop out. For example, if I sang... He's got a type of fuel in his name, this bald and deep voice actor. He races fast cars furiously. You would say... Pop goes Vin Diesel. (laughs) That's right. That wasn't. That was an example. It doesn't count as a point, but very well done. I know. That's well done, and you have to sing it. That is correct, okay. contestants. You have to sing it, and there will be a follow-up question, which I will ask you after each song that either of you can ring in for. All right, Julian, take it away. You punch your friend whenever you see this famous German auto in Disney films. Its name is Herbie. Pop goes the Beatle. I'm sorry. Pop goes the Beatles. There you go. That is correct, Kiki. (laughs) What talk show host gave away 275 VW Beatles on her final favorite thing show in 2011? Aden. Uh, Oprah? Oprah is correct. In... Several movies you can see This Austin Powers villain His tiny clone is Mini-Me Pop goes Dr. Evil Kiki! (laughs) Beautiful! (laughs) And from the Austin Powers movies The character of Dr. Evil Is reportedly based on what television producer Who was Mike Myers' boss at Saturday Night Live? Aden Lauren Michaels. That is correct. I like how this is going. You do one, you do the other. You guys are very back and forth. I like it. You're working together. Well done. Oh, they just gave each other a fist bump. (laughs) In House of Lies and Drunk History, you'll see this acclaimed actor. He's Basher Tar in Ocean's 13. Aden. George Clooney. Oh, John, pop goes Don Cheadle. Yes! In Iron Man 2, Don Cheadle plays Tony Stark's good friend Jim Rhodes, who later dons an Iron Man suit as the character War Machine. Cheadle actually replaced what other acclaimed actor who played Rhodes in the first movie? Aden. Uh, the guy from Hustle and Flow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need a name. It's good, good. I like that you gave me a trivia question back. <laughs> Kiki. Terrence Howard. Yes. Terrence Howard is correct. Go get an MMR vaccine and you won't catch rubella or spots from this contagious disease. Kiki. Pop goes the measles. Oh, that is beautiful. 
What last name is shared by the English doctor who saved countless lives with his ingenious smallpox vaccine and also Khloe Kardashian's stepdad? Kiki. Jenner? Jenner is correct. That celebrity knowledge is coming into uh, mm-hmm. yeah, good use. For a World's Fair back in the 60s, they built this famous tower. It sits above a rainy city. Aden. What is the Sears Tower? Pop goes the Sears Tower. <laughs> Interesting answer, but I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Let's hear it again. For a World's Fair back in the 60s, they built this fame. Pop goes a needle. No, that's in Seattle. I'm going to consider it a draw. Let's uh, throw it out there. Anyone know? Space needle. Space needle. You were heading in the right direction, but then you were against it, so I couldn't give you I the I really point. thought that was in Seattle. Were we talking about Chicago? No, that was just in your head. We were totally talking about Seattle. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did say Windy City. Rainy City. Well, darn. (laughs) That's okay. When it was built, the Space Needle was the tallest observation tower west of the Mississippi River. What Las Vegas monstrosity now holds that record, standing over 1,100 feet tall? Aden. Luxor. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Kiki, do you have an answer? I was in Vegas, Uh and I didn't see anything taller than Excalibur, but that, nope, I don't know. Does anyone out there know? Stratosphere. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. the stratosphere. You can also, you can jump, you can do free fall off the stratosphere, so you have training for when you lose all your money, how to jump. (laughs) I think this is our final one. Thank God. Round holidays, you surely will see this cartoon dog named Snoopy. But can you tell me what is his breed? Aden. Pop goes the beagle. That is correct. As Snoop Dogg, Calvin Brodus produced such rap albums as The Dog Father and Dogumentary, but in 2012, he produced a reggae album under what new stage name? Kiki. That would be Snoop Lion. Snoop Lion is correct. Great match. Julian, you were such a trooper in this whole thing. You didn't listen. Thank you. Thank you. And so are our contestants. Aden, thank you so much. Kiki is our winner of this round, and we'll be moving on to our Ask Me One More Final Showdown. Congratulations to you both. Thank you for playing. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. We're coming up on the end game. We're going to get some tips for success at Chess from the man who wrote Chess for Success. I'm talking about Chess Grandmaster Maurice Ashley right after this break. to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is chess 
Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. Maurice, welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you very much, Afira. I have to ask you right off the top, how do you become a grandmaster? I mean, more than the obvious practice, practice, practice. Uh, you have to play in internationally ranked tournaments with internationally ranked players, grandmasters, international masters, and you've got to beat a few of them, or most of them. And then the International Chess Federation takes your result and analyzes it for inconsistencies or otherwise, and then they decide you deserve the title of international grandmaster. And how many games are we talking here through this process? Officially, it's only nine games per tournament, and okay. you have to do it in three tournaments. So it's 27 games. But usually it takes two, three, four, five years for people to pull it off. At least people like myself were a little bit slow. Oh, that's slow? <laughs> yeah. You know. It would take me 200, just so you know, for the record. Well, they're child prodigies now. Is, you know, they're like 12 years old, and they're grandmasters, and they make us look like idiots. So. Oh, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the worst thing in the world to be sitting across a 12-year-old. <laughs> Getting your butt handed to you, I can tell you. <laughs> we, we teased that thing earlier about famous openings. Uh, there was the... the King's lip- Indian. And, yeah. yeah and, the, and the Fregatello attack. Do you use those? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, I, I don't use any of the ones you mentioned, actually. Yeah, uh, too low I, I class was, for you, I understand. You know, fried liver attack, who's going to use that? Yeah, come really, on, come so on now. I'm from Brooklyn, we don't do that stuff. <laughs> How many grandmasters are there, roughly, out there? Now they're about 1,500 worldwide. Nice. And are, they, are you guys all friends and hang out? And... Not at all. <laughs> I don't like those guys. Really? No, you know, some, there are some that are your friends, but you sure. can't get too close because you're going to give away trade secrets. And, oh, you know. it's, it's extraordinarily competitive. It's cutthroat. It's, it's cutthroat? cutthroat? Yeah, it's, it's, it's bloodlust. It's, it's bad. So it's, it's super aggressive. It is oh, little, yeah. I mean, it just seems silent, calm, patient. I've got, I got to take you to the Hustlers uh, in Brooklyn at Fulton Street. You, you won't see silent and calm. You'll get soul music, trash talking. They'll be talking about your mother, your sister. My sister's here, actually. And uh, <laughs> they used to tell me, you know, we're kicking your ass. Could we uh, meet your sister? <laughs> You mentioned your sister. Are you from a competitive family? Very competitive family. Oh, really? I'm probably the least accomplished person in my family. Uh, my... Wait a second. The international grandmaster is Yeah, least... yeah, yeah. It's really pathetic. Uh, my brother is a three-time world champion kickboxer, and my sister is a four-time world champion boxer. I know. So I'm not a world champion, so I've underachieved oh. officially in my family. So that's very interesting that they are very sports-minded and you are very brainy. I'm athletic. I'm not saying you're not athletic, Maurice. When did you first start playing chess? Do you remember your very first game? The critical game was a game I played in Brooklyn Tech High School against a friend of mine, Clotaire Colas. We called him Tico. And Tico ripped me apart. And then I went home, I went to a library, got a book, studied it, came back and played Tico and got crushed again. <laughs> and it turns out he had read that book and nine other books. And uh, that started a love affair right there. And this was when you were living in Brooklyn because you were originally from Jamaica. Originally from Jamaica, yeah. This is in Brownsville, Brooklyn. But you did not play any chess in, in Jamaica and Kingston growing up? We played a little chess in Jamaica. We played it with a lot of other board games. In Jamaica, there was not much to do back in the late uh, 70s when I was a little kid. And so we played games all the time. And I remember... My mother, my mother lived in this country while we were uh, in Jamaica, and I remember her sending down a, a softball and a glove 
because she knew we'd play with stuff. Yeah. But it was Jamaica. Nobody played softball in Jamaica. So we threw the glove away and used the softball as a soccer ball and kicked it around. So <laughs> we played, good enough. Yeah, we were creative. We just played all sorts of games back then. And uh, chess was one of them, but we didn't play too much. It wasn't until I came here that I got really serious and played a lot. And so obviously you've learned all these great things in, in not only chess, but how to think properly and be patient. Are you an aggressive player or are you Do more I look of a... aggressive? It's not a secret. I'm just aggressive. That's it. That's when I play, you... I try to kill. That's like the first thing, first instinct. Although I had to sort of hold that back when I was playing against top grandmasters because they see all that stuff coming and then it just doesn't work and then they beat you up. Oh, so you have to change your strategy depending on who you're playing against. You just have to get them a little bit slower than throwing all your pieces at them. It doesn't depend on who you're playing against. If they screw up, you go kill them immediately. But usually they don't, and so you have to, like... I feel like I'm talking to a spy half the time, and then I realize we're talking about chess. Well, you know, we have, like, we have databases. We, computers have changed everything, right? So you can get these databases with millions of games, literally five million games. If you look, you do a search on Maurice Ashley, and hundreds of my games will pop up, and you can study my games, the openings, middle games, what kind of positions I like, you know, what I eat for breakfast. Well, that's not in there. But, you know, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And we do that on each other. And we analyze everything about the other person, and you feel like you know the inner workings of their soul. Right. And so when you're in a position, you're like, he's going to hate when I play this move. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and we're always trying to outwit each other. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty deep stuff. Well, we've uh, done a lot of work on, you know, we have done that same thing. We've gone on the computer and, like, figured out everything about your head. And with that, we have put together a very intense, high-risk game on Ask Me Another for you. Mm. So I'm going to ask you, Maurice, would you like to take an Ask Me Another challenge? Bring it. (laughs) All right. Maurice Ashley, everybody. Let's welcome Julian Villard to the stage. Hello, Julian. Hello, Fira. I like this guy. Maurice? Yeah, I want, I want, I want to take no, him. No, he's cool. He's cool. So let's take him down. He's a killer. I like you too, man. That's all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Leave for after. Let's listen. Now, Maurice, chess players are often seen as these incredible geniuses with the processing power of a computer and the creativity of an artist. But they're only human, right? Many stories of the greatest chess players in history revolve around their more human quirks. So in this game, we're going to explore the lighter side of chess history. Today, you're going to be playing for Christopher Vihan from Phoenix, Arizona. So here's how it works. If you get three questions right, you and Christopher win a prize. Cool. All right. Let's see how you do. How many questions do I get? 19. 19? No, no, no. I needed that. Good. Three. What kind of game? Let's see what goes on here. All right. Emmanuel Lasker, do you know him? We've played once or twice. Okay, so he's not only a chess champion, but a world-class bridge player and mathematician who was good friends with Albert Einstein. But he wasn't an Einstein at everything. At one point, he became interested in breeding championship pigeons for the Berlin Poultry Show. After months of failing to get his pigeons to mate, he realized his fairly obvious mistake. What happened, Maurice? He was breeding roosters. (laughs) I think that's a good idea that he didn't even know they were pigeons. (laughs) Emmanuel 
By the way, I didn't play him once No, or twice. I know, obviously, Since if he was friends with Einstein. Over yeah. 60 years. Yeah, he, uh, but, he bought a bunch of... Uh, no, he definitely he was sure they were pigeons. Uh, and he bought all these pigeons. He clearly didn't check one important thing. And then he put them all together, and he was like, um, oh, they're going to breed, and something happened. Well, like I said, the roosters thing, they were probably the same gender. You are correct. They were all male. Exactly. I see what you're doing there. That was very smart. Written in the 1980s during the height of the Cold War, the musical Chess features a bad boy American, a defecting Russian, a love triangle, and spies. Same plot as White Knights, by the way. In the musical's most famous song, the main character extols the seedy virtues of the Asian city hosting the World Chess Championship. Julian, let's have a little of that song. Something, something, and the world's your oyster. The bars are temples, but the pearls ain't free. You'll find a god in every golden cloister. And if you're lucky, then the gods are she. I can feel an angel sliding up to me. I should know the song. Maurice, do you know the song? <laughs> I know the song, except I don't know the city. Okay. But I want to say, no, I want to say... Bangkok? Yes! You want to say right, One Night in Bangkok. The best song from that musical. Yeah, you know, no chess player went to see that musical. (laughs) What do you mean, no chess players went to see the musical chess? It was a hit. One of the greatest champions of the 1920s and 30s, this grandmaster was born in Riga, then part of the Russian Empire, He was known for his many eccentricities, including wearing bedclothes to tournaments and insisting in restaurants that he was intentionally being served portions that were smaller than everybody else's. (laughs) The answer is not my dad. (laughs) Who was he? The first answer that popped in my head, but I can't believe you guys would choose this guy, but I'm just going to say it goes to the first one. I have another answer. I'm trying to pick between two. Okay. So I'm going to say Bogulyabov. Okay. And, and ha- I really meant to say... Well, what was the other one you were thinking? Nimzovich. Ah, Nimzovich is ah, correct. Nailed it. <laughs> At a 1925 tournament, Aaron Nimzovich found himself losing a match to Frederick Samish. Incensed, he stood up on the table and shouted what phrase that I'm sure you have thought to yourself from time to time. I have no idea. I resign. I you resign know. on that one? I, you know what? I'm not sure, but I would love to do this. Anyone out there? Cheater. Cheater. Wrong. <laughs> All right, cheater. I like that. There's I'd be really upset if somebody else got the answer. In order. Uh, he said, just why must I lose to this idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, that's, I've heard that many has, times. Has ever, that ever rolled through no, your head at all? It ain't just Nimzovich. I've heard that many times. <laughs> <laughs> With the exception of Why Must I Lose to This Idiot, which I know you're just too nice to ever think. You got them all right. So I'm going to practice that one, though. <laughs> so not only do you get a prize, but also Christopher Vihan, congratulations. You have won. You've both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes, your very own to have. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Maurice Thank Ashley. You. Julian, what are you going to play for us? 
I'm going to play a song that I think what's what Maurice is going to do after, after this game. He's going to take the money and run. Take his, take his Rubik's Cube and run. That's the name of the song. I didn't used to be this way. I was a good kid back in the day. Safe to say things have changed. Yeah, I remember when I brushed my teeth every night. I held my pretty little girlfriend tight. I never let the bed bugs bite. But that was so long ago. And now I've lived long enough to know. You take the money and run. Don't wait till the deal is done. Well, I'm telling you, son, take the money and run. Step out the back, shoot like a bullet from a gun. Boy, don't be dumb. You take the m- 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 money and run. Thank you. And now to end this for once and all, and I mean for this week anyways, let's bring back our winners from our previous game. We have Olivia Bumgardner from Who's That Girl? Andy Cohen from War. Oi, what's it good for? Liz Castropel from Character Voices. Mark Kujowski from Crisp Game Arenas. And Kiki Turner from Pop Goes the Answer. I'm going to turn to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, to take us out. Our final game is called Article Adjective Noun. It's a classic template for a book, movie, and play title. Start with an article like the or an, throw in an adjective, and end with a noun. In this round, we'll give you the name of an author, playwright, or director, then a noun. You give the adjective that completes a famous title by that person. For example, if we said F. Scott Fitzgerald's Gatsby, you would say, great, great. great. <laughs> that was pretty good, as in the great Gatsby. Now we're playing this spelling bee style. So one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is our grand winner. Here we go. Olivia, Nathaniel Hawthorne's letter. Scarlet. That's correct. Andy. Tennessee Williams Menagerie. Glass. Glass is right. Liz. Raymond Chandler's Sleep. Big. Big is right. Mark. Dante's Comedy. Divine. It was divine. I loved it. Very good. Kiki. Sebastian Younger's Storm. Three seconds. Big. No, not the big storm. Let's see if Olivia knows the answer. Olivia, Sebastian Younger's storm. Perfect. Perfect is right. Thank you for joining us, Kiki. Sorry. Andy, Ingmar Bergman's seal. Seventh. Seventh is right. Liz, Dashiell Hammett's falcon. Maltese. Maltese is right. Mark, Ian Fleming's daylights. Living. Living is right. Very good. (laughs) Olivia, J.K. Rowling's Vacancy. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Three seconds. Not Harry Potter one. I'm sorry. Let's see if Andy knows it. Andy, J.K. Rowling's Vacancy. 
casual. Casual is right. Thank you for joining us, Olivia. Nice work. Liz, Thomas Mann's Mountain. Magic. Magic is right. Mark, Toni Morrison's Eye. Beloved. Not beloved. <laughs> let's, let's see if uh, Andy knows it. Andy, Toni Morrison's Eye. Bluest. Bluest is right. Thank you for joining us, Mark. We are now down to two contestants, Liz and Andy. Okay, Liz. Rachel Carson's Spring. Eternal. Not eternal. Let's see if Andy knows it. Andy, Rachel Carson's Spring. Silent. Silent is right, and you win the game. Way to go. Andy, congratulations. You are asking another big winner. And your prize is your very own customized chess lesson from Maurice Ashley. I could use that. Tailored to your abilities. Well done. Congratulations, Andy. Thanks so much for listening, and you don't have to let the game stop here. Take us with you wherever you go by downloading our podcast. And if you really miss us, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. <laughs> Ask Me Another's puzzles are is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Julian Villard. Naive Dull Jar. Art Chung Thug. is our puzzle editor with additional puzzle writing by Kyle Bleakley, Mark Halpern, Adam Markovitz, Dan Schofield, and Noah Tarno. Ask Me Another is produced by Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan. We are recorded by Paul Ruest and Noriko Akabe. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia robertson Migus, and our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias, Ophira Eisenberg, and this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time, NPR's Ask Me Another takes the show on the road to Boston, where everyone gets in on the game. Good times never seem so good. So, so good. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Get ready for a special Beantown edition of NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. 